0: I'm very excited about the word today. And uh, you know, uh, sometimes God's, uh, God just uh, sends you a curveball. Uh, anybody ready for a curveball? Yeah. All right, good. Um, if you launch your notes today, you're going to see more scriptures there than I'm going to use in this service. Uh, in this service, I'm going to actually uh, kind of skip ahead. Uh, because I I felt like the Lord said in this service that I was supposed to tell more stories. So welcome to uh, the unique way of following, following the, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We're actually in a sermon series called The Blessing of Pentecost, okay? Which is all about getting to know the person of the Holy Spirit. There's much teaching on the Father, much teaching on the Son, Jesus Christ, and very little knowledge about the Holy Spirit who, when, G- when, when the Holy Spirit came, it was in the upper room in Acts 2, the Spirit of God came upon believers, did you know that the Spirit of God wants to fall on you today, wants to move in you today? I don't know. I'm the only one excited about that. I say, come, Lord, come, Lord, come, Lord, and do it. Jesus said uh, in, uh, through Joel and through Peter, he said in the last days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. That's all believers. And I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for an outpouring. But I don't want to just put my name on a roll, say, yep, I got it, and then I go on Living whatever kind of life, whatever kind of normal life that I'm told I'm supposed to live. I just don't want to embrace that. I want to go into God's word and say, this is the life I should live. This is what should be happening in my life as a believer in Jesus Christ. Now listen, if you haven't placed faith in Christ today, good news, his arms are extended to you. He wants to invite you into his family so you can receive the Holy Spirit. Which is the spirit that came on Jesus that empowered him to do what he did. By the way, Jesus Christ is our perfect example. When we see what Jesus was doing in scripture, that is permission. Some of us look at Jesus and we think, wow, he did all of those things in the New Testament as the son of God. That is actually erroneous thinking. It's totally wrong. He did them as a son of man, anointed by the Holy Spirit. So that he could then say in John 14, the works I do, those who believe in me, they will do them also, and greater works will they do. Because I go to the Father, and I'm going to send the Helper, the Holy Spirit. So not only are you going to walk in what Jesus did, you're going to walk in greater works. Man, I tell you what, well, I'm, I, just go back and listen to First Wednesday, if you didn't hear that message. Go and listen to that. Now today, I want to speak a message uh, titled, and, and last week, I, I really tried my best to offend everybody. I did. We, we, we had a message all about tongues, okay? And I, that is the message that really stirs everybody up and, you know, and everybody gets their little theological um, undergarments in a twist. Um, and uh, I, I said that nicer. See, I'm growing. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I just, we kind of really help people uh, to, to really understand that, that, that there is a grace of tongues, a prayer language that every believer, every spirit-filled believer can operate in. And then there's a gift. And we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit today in, in a message called, Is He Charismatic? And I know that makes some of you nervous. You're like, Charismatic? Charismatic? Oh, no. Calvary Church is going to pass out pink hairspray at the door. I know it is coming, right? They're going to put in chandeliers. This is what every, every charismatic gets accused of. Oh, man, y'all have those swing from the chandelier services. I've never even been to a church with chandeliers, but I'm not, I'm not opting out of the chandelier service, okay? But I don't even know where these accusations come from. And so I, I want us, really serve the, this, this whole sermon series has been about dispelling the fears connected to the Holy Spirit. I, church, can I just ask you a question? Why in the world would you be afraid of God? Why would you be afraid of God? He loves you. And, and we're not afraid of the Father. We're not, we're not afraid of Jesus. Jesus. And you shouldn't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. And I hope that this, this sermon series is going to help you with that. Now, I want to operate in everything that happens after you're baptized in, in the Holy Spirit. Listen to the last two messages. If you don't understand some of the terminology, you've got to listen to the last two messages where we experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit when we get saved, and then we get the baptism in the Holy Spirit when it's a secondary experience that Jesus gives us. And then these gifts show up. And fruit shows up. And I'm going to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today. And uh, we're going to go through these nine manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are, these are ways you know he's there. It's not the only way, but these are the manifestational gifts. That means that these are likely to show up in the life of a believer. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 says this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Look at your neighbor and say, you are an each. Now, I was born in Georgia, so my wife calls me peach, okay? So maybe you can call them peach, but you are not only a peach. I think you are. You're peachy. You're fuzzy. Some of y'all, you got left up top as a little fuzz, okay? That's good. Um, But... You're not just a peach, you're an each. Each one. Let me say it another way. Everyone. Manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone, each one, for the good of all, the profit of all, For to one is given, here we go, here's the list, the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all of these, distributing to each one individually as he, the Spirit, wills. This is good news. Now, I want to I make some uh, clear uh, distinctions that the, um, the, the Scripture makes. Uh, there are nine gifts list, listed here, and we'll go through those in a minute. These are manifestational gifts. Uh, by the way, just so you know, there are nine fruit of the, of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Isn't that something? That in two separate passages, there are nine gifts... And nine fruit. That what's that show you? That you don't if you don't resist the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, if you don't resist that Holy Spirit, then don't resist the Holy Spirit that wants to manifest in power through your life. Yes. It's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. Now if you're, if you're making notes, you can actually write uh, 1 Corinthians 12.1. It's not in the notes, but I want to share it with you. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, in our culture, if I were or anyone was to generally call you ignorant, you would take it as an insult this is not the context that it was being used in he's saying listen about spiritual gifts about the manifestation of the holy spirit i don't want you to be uninformed i don't want you to not be taught and he actually uses the term now concerning why does he use that here's why because he wrote a letter to corinth that is not in the bible And then the leaders at that church responded back, and the letter of 1 Corinthians is his response to their letter. So they had questions about the Holy Spirit, and the Corinthian church was messing it up really good. They were really zealous For the things of the Holy Spirit. They were getting things all sideways and mixed up. And by the way, uh, lots of times, spirit-filled churches, they do. They get things mixed up and sideways. And so, but the scripture shows us how to use them and what they are and when to use these gifts. So, let me uh, me start by saying that the word gift that's in this passage is uh, the word charisma. Charisma. It's the word charisma. Now, in the Greek, uh, it's kind of like two words put together. Charis, Pastor Carl here has a daughter named Charis. She's beautiful, twin. Uh, Her name means grace. So Charis means grace. And when you add the M-A to the end of it, it means this, grace gifted. So, let me just ask a question to everybody here. Have any of you or how many of you have received any gifts by God's grace? It, just a show of hands. Okay, I'm just going to let you know, you're all charismatic. <laughs> and if you said I don't know if I've received any gifts, listen. As soon as you get born again, you get a gift that's come by, that comes by grace. And you then receive a gift that you could have never grown on your own. You could have never produced it on your own. It's there by grace. So every believer is grace gifted. So you're all Charismatic. So now, uh, we, we see that the scripture says, uh, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Well, what's the word spiritual? The word spiritual, it, it's, it's a great word for men. In the, in, the, in the Greek, it is pneumatikos. The men go, ooh, I kind of recognize that. Pneumatic. Anybody had a, ever had a pneumatic tool before in their hand? I mean, it's powered by compressed air. I mean, you pull the trigger. I mean, even if you're not working on something, you just want to stand in the garage and just kind of pull the trigger. You're like, yeah, man, there's power there. I mean, some of y'all from the South, y'all are like, all of a sudden, you're like, I miss NASCAR, because that's what they use to get the wheels on and off, a pneumatic drill, you know, it's air-powered. So when he says spiritual gift, here's what it means, that pneumaticos. here's what it means, it means grace gifts that work by God's breath. They're grace gifts that work by God's wind, God's breath. And I've got to tell you, church, I, I, the days of, of the powerless church being effective are over. We're living in an hour of shaking where we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be at work so the job will get done. What's the job? So that many will call on the name of the Lord and be saved. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. But what's it look like when he shows up? When you get the baptism in the Holy Spirit, let's look at these nine gifts. This is just good, clean fun. I'm going to tell you a lot of stories today. I don't care if you believe me, they're all true. (laughs) And I'm going to point you towards some in in the scriptures as well. There's three natural categories of these gifts. First, there's the mind gifts. These operate in the mind. These are revelation gifts, okay? They come by revelation. They're like, ah. Oh. There's three of them. First is the word of knowledge, then the word of wisdom, and then discerning of spirits. First, the word of knowledge. I, 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 these, are, these are working definitions, so all of my theology majors in here are going to be a little bit upset because I'm leaving lots of stuff off. But this is the supernatural power to know. This is the, 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 the Holy Spirit giving you a piece of information you could have never gained on your own. And God does this. Have you, have you ever walked into a situation and you, you have this thought that just kind of comes to you and, and you're like, huh, well, I think that's that. And then all of a sudden, uh, the, the truth comes out and it's exactly what you thought and you were like, oh, I was just thinking that. You know, lots of times in the life of a believer, that's the Holy Spirit giving you a word of knowledge in advance, confirming his voice, and showing you that you can trust whatever he says to you. Amen. Now, by the way, when I give you these three categories, these gifts, they overlap, and they work together. So trying to just peel them apart and trying to just untether them all from each other, uh, that they, they, you actually get a clearer understanding when they're working together. So let's look at the next one, and then I'll give you a scriptural um, uh, um, example. Um, The word of wisdom is the supernatural power to know what to do. Boy, if there isn't ever a, a, a question that each one of us might have, it's like, God, I don't know what to do. Did you know that there is a manifestational gift of the Holy Spirit to instruct us what to do. This is uh, another way I say it, is the supernatural ability to know how to overcome any problem that you're facing. It's some problem you're facing. You don't know what to do. Um, I heard about a business owner. His business was falling apart. And he went for the first time and prayed and fasted for seven days. He said, God, I need you to show me what to do. He said, in the, on, the, on the seventh day of that fast, uh, God spoke to him, two things you could do and you'll reduce your debt by a million dollars. And in two months time, he did those two, two things and a million dollars of debt fell off of his business. How many of you like a million dollar word of wisdom? Anybody here? Anybody here? <laughs> I'm a candidate. Okay. But how many of you know that there's sometimes when you're parenting, you feel like you need a word of wisdom. Sometimes you're on your job. You feel like you need a word of wisdom. You need to know what to do. What to do. Now, in Acts chapter 10, we find Peter in one of those moments. He's in this place called Joppa. He's at a guy's house named Simon the Tanner, and he's up on the roof and he goes into a vision. And in the vision, basically, in my version of the Bible, God lets down a Gentile barbecue. Again, this is my version of the Bible, okay? There's all kinds of pigs and unclean animals that are let down on a sheet. And God says, rise, kill, and eat. And every Gentile in the room said, I will, Lord, receive all the pulled per- pork you want to give me, right? I think, in my opinion, God didn't leave bacon off of that sheet. There was all kinds of good things on that sheet. Okay, but Peter, being a Jew, he actually argued with God. He said, not so, Lord. He tells God, not so. I have never eaten anything unclean. Uh, Wow. And he says, don't call what I have created common or unclean. Three times he has this vision. Now, as he's trying to figure out, like, God, what are you telling me? I'm a Jew. I've got no understanding of this. This is what the Lord says to me. It says to him, he says, while Peter thought about the vision, the spirit said, behold, three men are seeking you. That's a word of knowledge. That's either true or it's not. He says, behold, three men are seeking you. The spirit said three men. How many of you know if you go downstairs and there are not three men, that, it's clear that wasn't God, but he goes downstairs, how many men did he find? And then a word of wisdom shows up with it. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Now he has instruction that is contrary to his Jewish teaching. His Jewish teaching his, his local teaching is saying Jews have nothing to do with Gentiles. Now, the Bible has said all throughout the Old Testament that God is going to do a deep work in the, in the Gentiles, in the nations. It's all throughout it. And yet, his local teaching has said, don't even eat with Gentiles. So God gives him a word of wisdom, of instruction about how to stay in his purpose for his life. He says, go with these Gentiles and do not doubt. Now, all of us, unless there's, I know of one in this room, who are not Jewish, who are in the kingdom of God, should be grateful that Peter obeyed this word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Why? Because he goes to Cornelius' house, a Gentile, proclaims the gospel, and the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles. And all of a sudden, Peter gets it. He's like... (gasps) Oh, don't call Gentiles unclean or common. For God regards all men who honor him and receive his son. So all of you who are in the kingdom of God, who are Gentiles, who love your bacon, you are in because he obeyed a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. And let me say it this way. And God wants to raise up a church today. Who hear His voice and do what He says? Yes. They hear His voice and do what He says. I thought long and hard about this because, as as a pastor, uh, I shepherd people. I want to gather people and I want to pull people together. But I also stand in the office of prophet, and and my role as an office of prophet, is to empower people to hear the voice of God. That's what I do. Uh, I take young people, anybody who will get around us and who will begin to pray. I teach you how to hear the voice of God. I teach you that you can do this for yourself. And... Um, Many times we've gone on ministry trips, and I try to think of, the, I mean, there are literally thousands of times. Someone said to me uh, out in the hallway, I remember a time where you said, I don't normally do this, and I called you out by name in the middle of the service. And, and it was because God had put a word in her heart, and God highlighted her to me, and I called her out by name, and then she gave the word. Well, that, that kind of thing, it's a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. Why? Because she needs to release what was in her heart so God's will could be accomplished in the room. But God needed to give me a person, a name, that he was dealing with. Now, um, what I'm about to say to you, I do not recommend that anybody does, uh, outside of perhaps someone who really functions as a, a, a prophet— there was one time I was praying in this altar and uh, I, I, I was doing a ministry trip. I had a bunch of young people. We were all doing it. Matter of fact, one of the young men that, that uh, was one to the Lord here um, was standing in front of a woman. He said, how can I pray for you? She says, I'm not telling you. Just pray. He began to pray for her. And then he said, he said this, and God is healing you of throat cancer. And God's power hit her And she falls to the ground. Why? Because she's standing in that room in need of healing for throat cancer, but she didn't want to tell anybody. And he called it out, and the power of God came and touched her right there. What is that? That's a word of knowledge that led to a word of wisdom to pray for healing. In that same room, that same room, I was standing in front of a 27 year old girl who, just a beautiful girl, long hair. She's all, man, she had been worshiping all night. She was just shining, you know, and all the rest. She comes to the end, we're praying for people, and we're prophesying over people, saying the word of the Lord, and I I, I went up to her, and I began to pray for her, and all of a sudden, I saw an engagement ring slip off of her hand. Now, in the natural, she had no rings on, none, but I saw in the spirit a picture of a ring that slipped off of her hand, and I literally out loud looked up at heaven, and I said, God, I don't want to say that. Now, for you, you don't know what that means. Most of the women in here know what that means. (laughs) If they've ever had to slip off a ring and said, no, thank you. I knew what it meant. It meant that the guy that she was in a relationship with, that she was not to marry, he was not her husband. Now, listen to me. I didn't want to say that. But her sister was standing beside her. And she heard me say, God, I don't want you to, I don't want to say that. And her sister looked at me from the side. And with this glaring authority madness as if she was going to take my life, says, say it. (laughs) Like that girl has been praying somebody else would tell her sister the truth. Because she ain't listening to me. So I carefully and lovingly assured her of God's love. More, than, more or less, I was beating around the bush. And, and I said, okay, but this is what the Lord says The one that you are with now is not your husband, but God is going to bring to you the man of your dream. Her head dropped. And I'm like, see God. And she, she looks up with tears in her eyes and says, do you want to hear the story? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I got other people to pray for. so. Uh, no, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> she goes, I need to tell you. I started dating this guy and he's perfect. He's an athlete. He's a believer. He's all this. It just seems everything was perfect, but just about 10 days ago, I started to get this uneasy feeling on the inside. I don't know what it was. I had no idea what it was. And I just felt like that we should take seven days and fast and pray away from each other to say, God, should we move forward with this relationship? It looks like we should. So seven days, he agreed. He said, yeah, let's take seven days. And then at the end of seven days, we'll come back together and we'll, we'll tell each other what, what God spoke to us. You want to guess what was happening right after the meeting she was leaving? It was day seven. Like, I mean the midnight hour. She left that meeting. She told him what I said. He got mad at me. And all of this ugliness erupted out of him. All of this hidden stuff just starts coming out. Now, she did what most girls do. Girls, um, listen to me. They don't listen. And they make bad choices. And God is good, okay? So for three months, she's tried to stay with this guy. But it just kept getting worse and more uncomfortable, more uncomfortable. Breaks it off. She's devastated. And then in this devastated moment, she recognizes That her best friend, who was a guy she's known her whole life, has seen her through thick and thin. Has loved her so unconditionally through every relationship. And then all of a sudden, in that moment, he opened her he Literally, God opened her eyes to see that was her husband. It was only a a short time later that they would marry and and have uh, children together. And usually, right around uh, her child's birthday, she sends me a message. says, I will be forever grateful for how the Lord spoke because God sent me the man of my dreams and I have the family of my dreams. And it's because God used you to speak what the Lord was saying. Now, listen, can I just tell you? You can have that kind of profound impact on somebody's life by the Holy Spirit. And God wants to raise up a church that is listening for his voice, who knows and sees. Now, the next revelation gift is called the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits is the supernatural power to see why this is a, that's a simple definition. That means to know the spiritual motivation behind a situation. If you were dealing with a demon in your marriage, wouldn't you want to know it? Some of you are like, I married him. <laughs> why, where were you a few days before? No, that's not the way it works. <laughs> that's not the way it works. It's not, that's not how that works. No, no, no. Um, In in every situation there are there are three kinds of spirits that operate first the Holy Spirit You know when God's at work you want to know it's God And it requires a gift of the Holy Spirit to know that discerning of spirits But there is also an evil spirit fallen spirits fallen angels demons. They are real They torment believers. They try to get you entangled again They try to keep you in the flesh and then there is also people who are motivated simply out of flesh Now, oh, I'm going to bless people really good right now. Now, look up at me. There is not a spiritual gift of discernment. There is not a spiritual gift of discernment. Let me say it another way. There is not a spiritual gift of suspicion, which you combine with gossip and slander as a prayer request and divide the church. I told you I was going to bless you good today. We are called as believers to use discernment, but you know, you trying to watch people's lives and say, oh, I discern they're in some mess, pastor, and all that. That is nonsense. You need to look at your own life. Stop inspecting other people's fruit. If you're not a shepherd, if you have no power to speak into someone's life, mind your business. There's no spiritual gift of discernment. It's discerning of spirits, and I just discern that you have a spirit of suspicion. <laughs> and you need to get out of other people's business. And The discerning of spirits is a revelation gift, so most of the time when God reveals it, he wants you to go to the place of prayer so he can shift things. And change things. Now, the next area is called the spoken gifts. These are the inspiration gifts. These only operate if you speak them. They won't operate in silence. This is why there's so many people who have come against these. In my opinion, this is uh, uh, the, the... Different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. It's different kinds of tongues here. This is the gift of tongues. This is the supernatural power to speak a message in a language you didn't learn. It's a supernatural power. And it goes with the next one. That interpretation of, uh, of tongues is the supernatural power to interpret a message in a language you didn't learn. So you... you There is somebody who receives a message from God for others, and it goes forth in tongues. It requires that somebody who is known to operate in interpretation by the Holy Spirit to be there. And otherwise, the person won't be built up. Now, these three gifts, again, they're kind of woven together, and they look very similar. And the next one is prophecy. And, and so many times tongues and interpretation hold the, get, uh, get these uh, elements. And so this is the supernatural power to declare the mind of God for any situation. It is used to edify, exhort, and comfort. Edify, exhort, and comfort. If you are prophesying doom and gloom, I'm not sure what you are operating in, but it is not New Testament prophecy. Are there warnings that come? Yes, but I wouldn't call that prophecy, not according to the scripture. Can God give us a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom about how to overcome any adversity that might be coming our way? Yes, but it will be for our edification to build us up, exhortation, and for our comfort. God's not giving you a word so you'll get into a spirit of fear because God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. So those of you who just come and you you just want to give somebody a word, God sees your sin. (laughs) Thus says the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) You're off. You've missed it. Even if the Lord revealed someone was caught in a sin, here's what you do. If God revealed that, It's because he's calling them to something higher. And what you give them is what God is calling them to, not what they're stuck in. Most people already realize the junk that has them bound, that has them where they are. And if they would take off the mask for a moment, they would say, I'm addicted. I'm cold. I don't have a burning relationship with the Lord. They don't need you to come along and say, the Lord says, your heart's not burning for him. But what what is he saying? He's saying, I'll start a fire in your heart if you'll come near me. Do you see the difference? Do you understand that I just said the same thing? But you need to know the will of God and the intent of God for that moment. Because the voice of the enemy is a voice of accusation. But the voice of God is a voice of edification that will build you up, strengthen you, and position you in his purposes for your life. And listen... This is the gift. If you are to desire one over all of them, here it is. It's to prophesy. Why? Because the church is built up when you do. And why would you not want to build other people up? Why would you not want to be one who uses what God is saying in a moment to build people up? You know what I've found is that I, there, there have been people bound in drugs, pornography, bound in sexual sin, people living together, and God gives me a word for them that looks nothing like their life. And I just say what God is saying, and I let him work it out. Do I call sin, sin? Yes. Yes. Is pornography sin? Yes. Is living with somebody sin out of mar- outside of marriage? It's sin. Stop it. Yes. Is lying sin? Yes. Stop it. Stealing? Yes. It's sin. Stop it. But you need to know that God's heart is so that you will actually begin to reach for something more. That you'll step into his purposes and prophecy leads you there and that's what the Holy Spirit does. So these are the spoken gifts, the inspiration gifts. And look what 1 Corinthians 14, 5 says. It says, I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Do you see all three are equal? When tongues and interpretation are together and prophecy stands on its own, when they are operating, they're all equal when they're operating properly. It's not to degrade one. You don't just throw out tongues and interpretation because you don't like it. Because you, 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 you don't like the way they'll make you look. You don't throw it away because it's equal with prophecy when there's interpretation. Now, the, the, the next one is, are the power gifts. I love these. These are power gifts. The word in Greek in Acts 1 where Jesus said... But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In the Greek, it's dunamis. And dunamis is closely related to, on this July 4th weekend, to fireworks, dynamite. He says, but you will receive dynamite miracle working power. So when I say these are power gifts, it's referring to the power that shows up when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So let's, let's look at them. First, the gift of faith. This is the supernatural power to believe God without doubt. Anybody ever been in that moment, man, where you're believing God, but the situation is so big and so ominous and maybe even wearing on your emotions, you're trying to believe, you're trying to pray, but you're looking at the situation, you're going, Psh, I don't even know if this can happen. That's where our faith takes us. But there is a moment where the wind of God starts to blow and you're like, I don't care how big this mountain, how broken the relationship, how addicted the person, I don't care, I I'm believing that this mountain will move when I speak to the mountain. That's the gift of faith. And oftentimes, these power gifts, they work together. Somebody will get into the gift of faith, and all of a sudden, they got great faith, and then the next one shows up, gifts of healing. This is the supernatural power to what? Heal. Heal. And boy, I tell you what, I don't know why, but you know, people are a little reluctant about going after healing. And you know who really complains about the gifts of healing? People who are not sick. But I don't care what your background is. You get a diagnosis and a label on your life. You're like that saying, okay, it's either God or the grave. I don't care. You can grow up any background. You're like, I will let any granny lay hands on me. If she gets a gift, I don't care. If she's weird granny, you'd never invite her over. You wouldn't hang out with her in public. But if you get sick and granny operates in the gifts of healing, boy, you hope she comes stepping right up into your house you know give me some people with the gift of faith and gifts of healing why would we not believe for gifts of healing to flow in this place it's a word that we have for this house then this house would be a well of healing to this community But you know what we're going to need? We're going to need some people who earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that they would prophesy, and we're going to stand and believe and lay hands on the sick. It's got nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with God being supernatural. We do the natural part, and he does the supernatural part. Man, I was discipling this guy down south. He was just born again. I mean, just born again. I mean, he's just, he's like annoying born again. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like he just got saved. I mean, he's preaching to everybody. Like, there's just not a normal moment, right? And he's just preaching to everybody. He's, he's a former drug addict and a drug dealer. I mean, he's preaching to everybody. He's like, if I was serving them drugs, now I get to serve them Jesus. And if they came running for the drugs, they're certainly going to come running for something better. So he preached to everybody. But he was just a normal guy, super athlete, going to school at the time. And uh, um, his dad was a, f- a retired New York City detective. And his dad and his mom were, were having an anniversary. So they were going away for the weekend. But they were really concerned about going away because they had just bought this puppy for like $1,800. And he was like, please take care of this puppy And watch your younger sisters. He had twin sisters who were younger than him. Watch your sisters and please take care of this puppy. He's like, okay, Dad, I got it. I got it. But that was during college football season. This guy actually played semi-pro football as a quarterback and led the Fort Myers Cobras to an undefeated season in semi-pro football. So he's a super athlete, right? Uh, So he's inside... His dad and mom are away. He's watching college football. And all of a sudden, from the pool area, he hears a strange sound. And silence. He goes out to find one of his twin sisters with a bat in her hand. And she has just blessed the puppy and killed it. With a bat. Y'all are like, oh my gosh, what a morbid story. But at least you're listening now. (laughs) And this this young man who's just given his life to Christ has heard me talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and seen us pray for the sick. He didn't call me until after. I'm glad too, because I would have told him just bury the dog. He sees the dog dead, tells his sisters to go inside, and he gets down, and he says, God, if you can heal people, you can heal my dog. He lays hands on the dog, no joke, and says, in Jesus' name, come back to life, and the dog woke up, and the dog got healed. Now, again, I don't care if you believe me. I don't care. I live this. I saw this guy before and after this. He was next level. When I say he would now lay hands on everything, it now included animals. <laughs> and it was so funny. He, says, he said, when my parents came home, we were smiling, there's the dog, there's my, ki- my sisters, they never knew. <laughs> now what's that require? The gift of faith, gifts of healing, and then I would say the next one as well, the gift of miracles. This is a supernatural power to counteract nature. How many of you know to raise the dead, you've got to counteract nature? Yes. And this, uh, you know, counteract natural law, that means uh, things like walking on water. These are speaking to storms and seeing them cease. It's, it's the kind of things that breaking bread and seeing it Multiply. Guys, Jesus said, the works I do, those who believe in me will do, and greater works will they do. Now, I want to just ask you in this room, and I want everybody just to look around. If you here have experienced a miracle of any kind that cannot be explained in natural terms, I just want you to lift up your hand. Would you just look around this room? Just keep your hands up. Look around the room. Can you see that God is still on the throne? That God is still supernatural? And that God wants to move in power? Let me just, I I just want to let you know. There are others of you in this room that have experienced a a, a miracle. Literally, the gift of miracles. Counteracting natural law. By nature you were doomed for hell. You deserved hell. You were on your way to hell. But when you believed in Jesus and bowed your knee and you repented and you believed in Jesus, God changed your DNA. You went from being sinner to becoming a son. You went from being stained to becoming a saint. Let me't don't, don't tell me you've never experienced a miracle. Listen, I got a brand-new nature that didn't start with me, but when I bowed my knee and I said, "Jesus, I make you Lord of my life," all of a sudden, the compass of my life, it turned from heading to hell toward going after heaven. Yes. And these gifts of the Spirit should be, and will continue to come for one purpose. To testify of Jesus, John fifteen says, Jesus. Jesus said these words. This is so good. But he says, "But when the Helper comes, but when the Helper comes, I love this. I'll read it to you. It's not up on the screen fast enough. Fifteen twenty six. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify." of me. How's the Holy Spirit testify of Jesus? Through the gifts, the manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. They testify of Jesus that he is raised from the dead, that he is living and that he is moving and there is power toward those who believe. It testifies of Jesus. In Acts 2 this is what they said. This is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which you can now, you can see and hear. There's evidence. If you're a believer, there ought to be evidence that other people can see and hear. And the blessing of Pentecost is that when he comes, he'll do things in your life you could never do. Empower you in ways you could never walk in. So that people can see and hear Christ is risen from the dead.